Support for The Bittersweet Life comes from our listeners. This week, I'd like to thank Andrea, Kate, and Angel. Thank you so much for joining us on Patreon. Together, your donation covered the monthly bill from our podcast hosting service. So you literally kept us on the air. Thank you so much. If you love this show, pitch in to keep it going. You can find links to donate in the show notes or visit thebittersweetlife.net. Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. And today we begin with a quick reminder that coming up imminently, very soon, this is your last chance to participate. We are doing our one year later Day in the Life episode. So this is your chance to send in a voice memo. Just tell us your name, where you are, and give us a snapshot of where your life is at uh, one year later. One year ago, we did a day in the life and people from all over the world sent in their snapshots of what life was like and how it had changed. And so now we want to hear your snapshots of how life has changed one year past the beginning of this epidemic. A little past one year, but you know, <laughs> around, we're trying to stay. It's around one year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a loose thing. We've already heard from lots of people, six different countries so far. I have heard from a couple shy people who say that they would do it, but they don't like the sound of their voice. Everybody doesn't like the sound of their voice. Just do it. <laughs> you know, I will guarantee at least one thing. I will love the sound of your, of your voice. So <laughs> send it in. Just record your voice on the voice memo app on your phone and then email it to bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, of course, you can find that email address in our show notes. All right. Now to the actual topic at hand. Mm -hmm. Maybe you should introduce the topic at hand this week. Well, there's some big news out of Italy this week. And that is that as of mid-May... That's like a week from now, more or less. As of mid-May, Italy is now opening their borders to pretty much every, anyone who has a negative... You either have to be vaccinated, you have to have recovered from COVID, or you have to have a negative test. That covers a lot of bases. Mm-hmm. Pretty much anybody who obviously isn't suffering from COVID at the moment qualifies wow. yeah <laughs> so crazy. I was thinking it was when they were sort of talking about this and uh you know we were sort of just hearing rumors I assumed it would be you know okay at, at the most it would be vaccinated people but it looks like even non-EU countries are going to be welcome now I do not know if there are going to be any exception countries do look up, you know, before just like buying your tickets. <laughs> Go and check your country. Make sure. I don't know if there's any exceptions to the rule, but it's not just EU. I believe that North America is included, at least North America, if not many, many other countries in the world. Wow. So what we've learned from this is that getting a tourism plan together is more important than getting their vaccination plan extended. Well, one takes, <laughs> I guess, a lot less effort. <laughs> That's true. I mean, the first one, you just say it. you just like, okay. Yeah, I, like many people I know here in Italy, have very mixed feelings about this. Mm-hmm. Because as we've talked about recently... Italy's vaccine situation is not ideal. Now, I do feel like just in the past couple of weeks, things have been getting a little bit better. We're not obviously on par with the U.S. 
but we are getting a little bit better. We're down to like 1964, 1965. Uh, if you're born in those years, you could get your vaccine. So I actually, for the first time, am starting to be hopeful that they were they will get to my age group by July, which is my my hope because I'd like to be fully vaccinated before we go to the States in August. Right. So right now they're vaccinating people like around 55, 56 ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That is an acceleration because the last time when we were joking about it, what, one or two weeks ago, we were saying it was 54, it was 55. Like- well, it was, I believe that it was roughly one month ago. Um, and I would have to check, you know, my text messages to make sure because I texted my father-in-law and I said, you can be vaccinated now. Go sign up. And of course, he waited a month. And so <laughs> yeah. now he has his, he and my mother-in-law have their appointments for uh, the end of May. Thank goodness. Uh, their first appointment, obviously. So that was about a month ago. And now a month later, we're at sixty-four, sixty-five. So, you know, maybe by June... Seventy four, seventy five, and maybe by July, you know, the eighties. Even, I'm hoping that by July, I will be vaccinated. What What would suck is if I got an appointment, and my first vaccination was when I was in Italy, and then the appointment for the second vaccination was after I had left. I'm gonna hope. Let's let's not. But let's let's not, not even put that out like there. The worst possible. <laughs> scenario i mean not that that's the worst possible but yes you get what i'm saying yes well before we go though to your bigger fears about tourism now ramping up in italy because you know a whole bunch of people's ears just perked up because we're all looking to get out of here yeah i know (laughs) i know at least in the united states but before i go there your father-in-law and mother-in-law waited for one month why did they wait so long uh to be honest i think they're both a little bit vaccine hesitant they're not anti-vaxxers by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, I just saw my mother-in-law this afternoon. I had to stop by and some, you know, I think my father-in-law mentioned, oh, yes, we have our appointments on the 22nd. And she was just kind of grumbling in the background. Oh, I wish, you know, uh, it would be better if we didn't. And I said, what are you saying? It's a miracle. Like this vaccine is a miracle that they were able to get it together so fast and that it's available. Do you want to go on with a pandemic indefinitely is that what you like ah like yes I get it people do have their their worries but at the end of the day it just seems so skewed the balance is so so heavily favors the vaccine in my opinion it's interesting though I just a quick aside I was listening to a different podcast and they had on a um I forget some sort of medical expert or no it had to do with like how answering the question how did the vaccine come to be so quickly Mm. because one of the people had called in and asked, said that one of the main reasons that they're so hesitant is because, you know, how could this possibly have happened so soon when most vaccinations take years and years and years to create? Mm -hmm. And the guy who had been working on the technology that made this vaccine possible, his answer was basically, oh, I don't think of this as happening fast. We've been working to try to figure out this technology for seven years, and we just got lucky that we had it ready to go when this pandemic hit. You know, otherwise we would have had this long process of trying to figure it out. Right, because the coronavirus existed before is a a larger category. It has to do with like, how did they develop the right vaccine so quickly and with these new methods that they have, you know? So he was just saying it's a whole new process, but it's a process that took seven years of in-depth testing to figure out. So it's by no means like... A fast miracle. Okay. 
Although that's how it feels to us. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. Anyway, go on. No, I was just saying that, um, you know, I think a little bit of hesitancy, a little bit of disorganization on their part, and only AstraZeneca was available, and they really wanted Pfizer, and, you know, that sort of thing. And they're kind of homebodies. They're, especially my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law is the biggest homebody I know. <laughs> yes. I mean, she doesn't really go anywhere anyway. So for her, what's the draw? But yeah, the point is they're doing it. They're all set. So I'm ho- I'm a little more hopeful. The last time we talked about this, I did not think I was going to possibly get the vaccine before August. And hey, I still might not. But I have a bit of hope. I bit more hope now. But as for Italy opening up, I just feel like, okay, I. This is why I feel conflicted. I feel like, to be perfectly honest, if I were to step back and look and look at myself subjectively, if Italy announced today we are not opening at all all summer. I would probably be sitting here complaining about that mm-hmm. and saying, you know, the tourist agencies, the tour guides, the restaurants, the hotels are going to go bankrupt. You know, this is this is destroying the Italian economy. You know, they can't survive one more summer like this, one more high season like this. It's going to be impossible. But now that they're saying, you know, a month before the, you know, these whatever they're called, green passports or. I'm not sure what the EU is coming up with this vaccine passport. Even a month before they're ready, we're going to open up to anyone, basically. <laughs> I mean, almost anyone. It feels premature. And it feels like, well, what? Now I'm on the other side. Well, what about all the people who haven't been vaccinated? You know, what if people, as they say, a lot of people are saying that even if you've been vaccinated, you can still be a carrier for the disease. What if all these people come in and they get a new wave, we get new variants? What if Italy is just totally destroyed by this? The truth is I can see it from both sides. uh, And that's why I feel so conflicted about it. Yeah. And yet in the meantime, I have a text message from you (laughs) on my phone that says something like, Italy's opening on May 15th. Book your tickets. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't count. (laughs) You get a pass because, uh, well, because... I'm vaccinated and I'm just trustworthy. Yeah, and you're not going to go out like licking tables and stuff. Is is anybody (laughs) going to at this point? No, no. Um, But um, But it's... No, I mean, that's just for selfish reasons. Not not just for selfish reasons for me, but I know how much you want to come to. Yeah. Um, But of course, everyone who wants to come to Italy wants to come to Italy really badly. And there is still that draw of it's quieter right now. And if we were to fly out on May 15th, we probably would be slightly in the first wave of, let's say, the tsunami of tourists that are about to hit Italy. I really just can't predict what's going to happen. Because meanwhile, while Italy is making this big announcement, the American embassy has told people, do not go to Italy. It is level four risk. It is high risk of COVID. Don't go. Mm -hmm. I suppose people who've been vaccinated might say, well, I've been vaccinated, I'll take my chances. Mm -hmm. So maybe that won't make a difference. I don't know. I don't know how many people also will have a bit of a conscience about it and be like, you know what, that's not right. That's not the right thing to do. I'm going to stick close to home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of articles in the paper over here about what does safe travel look like this summer if you've been vaccinated and... Basically, that is the advice that they're giving, you know, if you're vaccinated, make a trip to travel around the U.S., you know, go visit family you haven't seen, still kind of keep it modest, you know, don't go 
Don't mm-hmm. plan your giant epic round the world adventure right now. No. That's sort of what they're saying. Basically, for that reason, every country is going to be different in what's going on, how much havoc is happening, how big the risk is, even even if you're vaccinated, how you know how much the country's in turmoil is all going to be different depending on where you go in the world. So their advice is stay home. Don't stay home home, but stay, you know, within your vicinity. Stay close to home. I would not be taking such a long trip if it weren't to see my family. You know, the idea of being in an airplane for that many hours, especially if I haven't been vaccinated, is not something I'm looking forward to doing or would do if it were for any other reason that I haven't seen my mom for two years and I haven't been in my country for two years and for all those reasons that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. Uh, Otherwise, I would probably go somewhere in Europe. I would really go to Greece, honestly. I would probably go somewhere nearby that I've always wanted to go, like Greece. Yeah. But you know that I can't stay away. I just can't. So if you guys (laughs) are going to be opening to all tourists starting on May 15th or so, does that mean, because I know that you've been in these kind of light switch on and off flips of zones for the last few months. It's been like, you're red, oh, you're orange, now you're yellow, now you're orange again, now you're yellow, orange, (laughs) yellow, orange. You know, so that every day, practically, you can be in the restaurant. No, you can't. Yes, you can. No, you can't. Uh, (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) And I loved your point on the mini episode last week that Italians just go with what it is. They just switch. Oh, I can be in a restaurant. They just pack in. (laughs) And if they can't, they don't. Uh, So, but does that mean that the light switch will be flipped to on, basically? I have no idea. Or are these tourists going to be there and then all of a sudden it will switch to orange zone and they won't be able to get any food because they don't, won't know how to order takeout? Well, you know, it it's a really good question because, well, first of all, there is something as known as the white zone, which nobody's in right now. We're all, I think almost everyone is in yellow zone. There might be a few regions in the north that might be in orange zone. Almost everyone's in yellow zone, which means curfew 10 p.m., you can eat at a restaurant, but only outside, and you have to be done whatever time you have to be done to get home by 10 p.m., I guess. Some people might live so close that they could be there until 9.55. Museums are open. I think some concerts might be open, but in a very, very limited capacity. So yeah, it does beg the question, when the tourists get here, what's going to happen? And I saw some people on Twitter say, so they're letting in the entire world, but Italians still can't travel from region to region without an excuse. And Italians still have to be in, you know, home by 10 p.m. And this is how I felt back in, you know, I can't remember what month it was because I'm so confused now of how many lockdowns we've been in and out of. But it was, it was sometime this winter, like in January or February, they had not yet closed the museums again. Um, I, I guess that happened in March, I think. <laughs> I'm so confused. But Claudio was still working. So the museums were open, which means the restaurants were open. The restaurants were opened until 6 p.m. at that time. So no dinner. But aperitivo, yes. Lunch, yes. And there was a rule that you could not go to a different region. So me, as someone living in Lazio, I, I could not go to Tuscany. And yet, and yet, Claudio, in the Vatican Museums, kept encountering French and Spanish tourists, maybe from other countries as well, but he kept particularly noticing French and Spanish tourists. And he and his colleagues started asking them, just like, hey, can you just, just out of curiosity, like, do you live in Rome? Are you here on vacation? They're like, no, 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 we're here on vacation. We, like, how did you get it? We drove in. We just drove across the border. Mm -hmm. And I mean, they started doing it like almost like a scientific experiment because they, I mean, 
not really, but they, they asked like several, he and several of his colleagues were asking like every single foreign tourist they saw what their experience was. And almost every single person said the same thing. They drove in and they were not checked. They were not checked to see that they had a negative test. Mm-hmm. Even though they had them, most of them were being responsible. They, they were bringing in negative tests because that was the official rule that you had to have one, but they weren't being checked. Yeah. But not only that, they were allowed to cross regions. And I felt like I'm an Italian and, you know, all these Italians living here in Italy and we can't go to Tuscany for the weekend. Yet, the, you know, people from France and Spain can come and do an whole Italian tour. You know, it just felt so unfair. Yeah, it's interesting. And mm. I feel a, almost like a repeat of that. Here we are, Italians, we're stuck. We're not vaccinated. We're living these sort of lie. We're still in limbo. We're probably not going to be, be accepted, obviously, because I'm a, double, I'm a dual citizen. But most Italians are not going to be going out of Italy for the summer. They're going to probably be going to the beach, you know, 50 miles away. And yet we're going to be inundated with tourists who are maybe bringing us more virus. It just seems unfair in the same way that it was unfair before. Yeah. In a very anecdotal story, I mean, I had my passport checked coming into Italy multiple times, of course, but have you had the experience where this happened to me a couple times, so it could just be me, but where they just barely even looked at it? <laughs> I've had one stamp my entry thing on top of another entry thing. What do you mean on top of? Like, you know, they stamped it on top of like where somebody else had put a stamp. Oh, yeah, they do that all the time. They don't even (laughs) look. They don't even care. Yeah, yeah. I sometimes have to ask them to stamp it. Like when I went with my son the first time, this is his first international trip. Can you please stamp his passport? Like Mm -hmm. I want to have as a souvenir. Mm -hmm. And they like roll their eyes like, okay, I'll stamp the passport. Yeah, I mean, it is concerning. It will be... So, I mean, okay, I know you want to give me a mental exception, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but really, given how you feel about it, what is the responsible thing from your point of view? You know, I wish I had a, a clear answer. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about the science and the vaccine to know how safe it is for vaccinated people to come here. Or, you know, but, but it's not just vaccinated people, though. Yeah, I feel like it would be different if it was like vaccinated people with the card can come. Yeah. If all you need is a negative test, first of all, it's very possible to have a negative test that it just hasn't been detected yet. You have it and you don't know. And also you could get it while you're here and just, I mean, more people circulating, more people in the country, you could pick it up, you could pick it up on the airplane, you could pick it up in Milan and bring it down to Rome. I mean, just there's a reason that, you know, when there's a pandemic, people need to stay in place so they don't spread it. So if there's more people moving around. I don't know. I mean, on the one hand, like I think about my friends who are tour guides. I look at the restaurants that I see and I think about them and I think these people really need the business. And on the other hand, you know, you do worry about the population. And then there's a third thing. And this is totally selfish, 100% selfish. I just don't want to see the city fill up again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I am so used now to seeing Rome this way. That is so wonderful and just so quaint and so relaxed. So just easy in a way that Rome is never easy, you know, just to walk around, to Mm -hmm. just not have to be in a crowd of people constantly, not have to have a giant tour group in your face and not be able to move down the street, you know, or whatever, not be able to walk down a street and not have a hundred people trying to get you into their restaurant who, because they think you're a tourist or whatever it is. It's just 
Rome is so pleasant right now that I almost don't want to give it up. And we've had this terrible weather all spring so far, mostly terrible weather. And, you know, we've had all these lockdowns. So we haven't, you know, even if, we, if it was a nice day, you go into the city, but like you can't do anything, you can't eat, you can't. So I haven't been spending much time in the city. And, and now finally it's May, it's spring, like things are open. And now I feel like it's going to be stampede. But then again, maybe it's not. Maybe people are going to be gun shy to travel. I don't know. I really don't know what to expect. What do you think is going to happen? Like knowing Americans. Obviously, it's not just Americans. It's people from all over the world. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's impossible to say. And America is so vastly different in our in what we might do. I it's hard to predict. I don't know. I mean, I think I can speak for me personally. The temptation for me, selfishly, is that I would like to see it slightly more empty, particularly because I've lived there for a year and then spent multiple months there after that, you know, I'm very familiar with what it feels like to be trying to get through the piazza that the Pantheon is in to get to something on the other side and how at certain times the bottlenecks that can happen in there can just be extremely frustrating. And so I love the idea of just breezily strolling through on my way somewhere else. It really is wonderful. But I will say, that for me, it feels like it would be irresponsible to go right now. So I probably won't. Well, I think that you're probably right. And that's not because I feel like I'm a danger to anybody either. I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I also, it's also partly because I think that the flight might be a misery. I've talked to a couple friends. This is accepting my sister who will send me pictures of her lying asleep on the plane, laying down because there's <laughs> nobody on the plane next to her. But I've heard from other people who just say have done like just cross continental flights and say that it's a it's yeah, there's less people on some planes, but it's kind of a misery because you got to keep your mask on the whole time. They don't really want to give you anything to drink. There's no coffee if it's like 6 a.m. If it's 8 p.m., there's no cocktails. They said there's just nothing about it that makes it kind of that fun, comfortable adventure. (laughs) in the sky you know i don't find flying a fun comfortable adventure in the sky i haven't found it one since i was probably in college definitely not since having a child yes but But there are some people who like the uh the atmosphere of shutting off their phone and having a fine excuse to watch six movies in a row or like you know just work on whatever they want to work on for 13 hours there are certain people who just really enjoy that and some of these friends of mine that have told me about this are kind of used to be frequent commuters and they just say that everything that sort of made it tolerable is currently on hold. So add that to a 24-hour travel plan and it sounds a little bit less mm-hmm. pleasant. Yeah, <laughs> I can get that. I can get that. At least on an international flight, they do have to feed you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so That's true. That's true. But of course, for you, who might be f- traveling vaccinated, that it leads to a risk, you know. So Unvaccinated. Yeah. If I'm unvaccinated. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We'll see. We'll also see Aurelio, like how he's not used to wearing a mask. Because here, kids under six don't have to wear them. Ah. He had to wear one just during the brief months that his karate studio was open he would have to wear it just when he was going in and when he was coming out. And he had no problem with it. I think kids actually are the ones who like suffer the least with the masks because they're just, they're just, they can get used to anything so fast. Yeah, they just do what you so, tell them to do. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not quite that easy. You have to wear yeah. this to go play with your friends, then you'll wear it to play yeah. with your friends. So we'll see. I'm sure it'll be fine. I, I remember one flight I took. I think it was when I came to the States for my book launch back in 2018. My mom said, wear a mask on the airplane. Like I always wear a mask on the airplane and I never get sick anymore. And so I went to the pharmacy and I remember, I was like, do you have any face masks, like surgical face masks? And they looked at me funny. I'm like, maybe, let me go check. <laughs> what a different time. And I bought this little pack of surgical face masks and I brought them on the plane and I put one on after I sat down and I didn't feel too weird because, you know, there are people who do that on airplanes. I mean, there, now, there, now there definitely are. Um, I couldn't breathe. I totally couldn't breathe. I mean, I'm so used to it now. But at that time, I was like, oh, I can't do this. And I felt so claustrophobic. I took it off after 10 minutes and I didn't wear it. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing that will be interesting to see is do people just wear them now on planes from here on out just for that reason, just to not get sick? Or just to wear them in general, not, not just, I mean, obviously you, you wouldn't wear them when you're out taking a walk in the park in normal times or when you're on a street where no one else is, but... I can see wearing it in certain situations, even when you're not in the middle of a global pandemic. And I mean, I haven't been sick in so long. So many people have said that I haven't had a cold in 18 months. Yeah. You know, I haven't, yeah. I haven't had the flu. My kid used to get sick all the time. Mm -hmm. And he hasn't been, I mean, knock on wood, but he hasn't been sick in ages. Yeah. Yeah. Part of me is like, maybe we should, you know, I'm not saying, you know, wear masks all the time, but you know, like you said, in an airplane and a train in the subway, maybe cold and flu season, cold yeah, and flu I, season. If you're in a big crowd, if you're in like a stadium or something, I can see if you're feeling a little ill. Yeah. I, I personally wonder if the U.S. and I don't know if other countries have this too, but the U.S. has that our overdriving work ethic mm -hmm. uh, about how we must work long and hard and that who who we are at work is who we are in life and and there was that kind of expectation that if you weren't that sick you would still go to work mm -hmm. and I wonder if that will change I think I've told you before the first time I ever had a job where you were supposed to stay home if you had a cold was in radio just because colds affect the sound of your voice mm. even if you're not that sick stay away because we don't want our our host to sound bad ah. that was the first time where it felt i felt like it was okay that you know if i was just feeling a little run down yeah that i could stay home versus normally like in other jobs i would have been oh it's just a cold i'll go to work that's interesting we'll see if that changes too we will we will that's that's a good point either way it just feels very much like everything is in the in-between and in italy I, it will be interesting to see if this change in Italy makes it feel for you like a new chapter. We'll have to find out. Yeah, well, we'll have to see. I'm just, I'm really curious to see if people are going to come en masse because that's how it feels like right now. It feels like everyone is just sort of bracing for a stampede of tourists. But I don't know that that's actually going to happen. I mean, first of all, I imagine there are a lot of people out there who don't have the money to travel right now. True that. You know? Mm-hmm. Or to travel so far. That's true. I don't know. There's some sort of a side thought here, just because as I'm talking to you, for those of you listening, Tiffany and I record ourselves, but we look at each other through Skype or Zoom or whatever. And as I'm looking at you, I'm also looking at the wall of my office. And there has been this one sugar ant that has been walking around 
the wall in my office for like five or six days now in these endless up and down exploring circles. And I keep thinking like one day he's not going to be here. This will be the last time I notice him. But no, it's just been going on all week. Him just moving up and down around this one wall. I don't know if that's like some sort of a metaphor, but it has some, <laughs> it is definitely <laughs> somehow captured how I've been feeling. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> um, you know, especially in the, you know, waiting, getting the first vaccine, waiting for the time when you can get the second, getting the second, waiting for the time, the two weeks after that, you know, and all the while thinking, well, what will change? Will anything change? And watching this ant just circle up and down, searching for food and comfort and fresh air I don't know what it's searching for <laughs> but but it just sort of it it just feels like what this period of time feels like to me you know <laughs> this sort of uh languishing wandering wondering what's going to happen next so I don't know it'll be interesting to see it'll be interesting to see but right now I'm not planning my um instant voyage to Italy so I'm sorry part of it is also just it's too hot too hot in the summer you know Derek's like well maybe we could go in July oh, in July oh. no thank you July is so hard hot. pass <laughs> yeah and don't come in August because I won't be here no I'm not I can't come in August of course not so maybe September maybe September yeah we'll see we'll see we'll also have to like look at the books and see the finances and all that stuff but just like everybody else mm-hmm. well we should probably leave it there quick reminder Don't forget about that voice memo telling us a snapshot of where you are in the world, what's going on, your name. We love your voice, whether you hate it or not. So record yourself, send it in, bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com. And we'll do that day in the life show. That's going to be so fun. I can't wait to hear it. And if you really, really love the show and you want to support it and you want to get bonus episodes about things that we would never talk about on the real show Mm-mm. join us over on patreon.com slash the bittersweet life podcast we put out two bonus episodes a month often fueled by listener questions or topics that we feel don't really fit the uh, parameters of this show but might be interesting to the curious listener Like, for instance, how do we feel about our ex-boyfriends was a question that we were asked, (laughs) which was a really funny exploration, actually. Yeah, that was, I think that was Claudio's idea, my husband. Yeah, that was, that was. And and you can also hear fun things like Tiffany, what she sounds like when she's singing opera, for instance, (laughs) is another fun thing that you can hear over there. So check that out. The link is in the show notes for as little as $5 a month. You can hear two bonus episodes a month. And yeah. Anything else? No, just don't forget to subscribe to the show if you don't already. Yeah, always subscribe to the show, spread the word, tell your friends, leave us a review. And thanks so much for showing up. And yeah, don't forget that voice memo. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. Join us again. Bye.